Welcome in to another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose, news editor with the AMP Publications team. In today's show, we're jumping back into our member profile series with perhaps our most experienced member yet. This Q&A session is with Malcolm McNeil, whose Codings career has lasted well over 50 years now, and it still remains active today. His experience includes sales and sales management, training, consulting, specification writing, codings failure analysis, expert witness, codings inspection, and more. Today, he's the owner and president of McNeil Codings Consultants in Greenwood, Indiana, and he's also technical editor of Codings Pro Magazine and a lead instructor for AMP's Codings Inspector Program, known best as CIP. As part of the conversation, we're going to be looking back at highlights from Malcolm's career, along with some lessons learned and keys to the future. Without any further delay, let's play back that conversation. Malcolm, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I could go on myself for a while talking about your career. You've been in the industry for 50 or so years. You're owner and president of McNeil Coatings Consultants. You're technical editor at Coatings Pro Magazine, which you've done for more than a decade now. You've been an instructor with NACE for some time, now AMP. If you could, for our listeners that aren't aware of Malcolm McNeil's distinguished career, just walk us through some of your career highlights over the years. Well, I uh, spent some time in the Navy, U.S. Navy, when I uh, when the Korean War was going on. I joined the Navy, spent three years, uh, most of it on an aircraft carrier. When I uh, got out of the Navy, uh, I came back home, which was southern Illinois at that time, and um, I looked for work and I came from a very small town, coal mining town, and uh, not much available. So the nearest large city was St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, And so I went to St. Louis seeking employment and happened to get a job with Sherwin-Williams Paint Company. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got in the paint business to start. I spent six years with Sherwin-Williams uh, in St. Louis, and then left SW and went to work for Glidden Paint Company. Uh, I stayed with them for the next 33 years in various locations uh, as a store manager and a sales rep uh, for Glidden. Uh, when I retired in 1992, I had a good friend who happened to be uh associated with NACE at that time, and he recommended that I go to the NACE CIP program and become a coding inspector. And uh, I took his advice and did that and uh, got my certification as a level three coding inspector and started my own business then doing inspection and consulting failure analysis, uh, writing specs, and so forth. Uh, And I've been in that business, uh, still have my business going uh, right up to the present time. What's the biggest difference 
between your time on the manufacturing side of the business and now being what you've done for the past 30 years, being in the inspections and consulting space. I guess a better way to phrase it, what are some of the things you learned while on the manufacturing side that perhaps made you more qualified and able to step into a consulting and inspecting role? Well, uh, one of the advantages uh, when I first started with the Glidden Company was uh, that they had a factory uh, located in St. Louis in the city. So I was able to visit the factory. I got acquainted with the plant manager and uh, several of the chemists mm-hmm. and formulators and got more into the chemistry of the coatings than just the sales side of it. And that was very helpful for me, particularly uh, in doing failure analysis on coatings. What are the ways that some of the coatings themselves have evolved over that time? And you think back to, you know, the first part of your career when you were on the manufacturing side. And, of course, you contrast that to where we are now with some of the the regulatory and environmental trends, the newer and more efficient technologies what are some of the ways that the industry has changed just in terms of, um, you know, the, the technologies and that end of it over your time in it? Well, the technology early on when I first got started in the coatings business was lead. The paints were, were basically lead paints at that time, particularly mm-hmm. the uh, exterior paints, house paint and uh paint for uh, wooden structures, and uh, the coatings were oil-based, very little waterborne coatings back then, although there were some, but the majority of them were oil, alkyds, uh, and lead-based paints. There were uh, some major companies that made uh, lead-based coatings, uh, National Lead Company and uh, others that... uh, uh, when the regulations on on lead came out, that's when the chemistry started to change considerably because the manufacturers were no longer to uh, able to make lead paints. And that's when the waterborne coatings started to, to evolve uh, to the degree that we find them today. Now, the solvents were not regulated as much back then, uh, the VOCs. Uh, mm-hmm. So they still used uh, a lot of solvent-based coatings uh, that were uh, oil-type coatings, but they also made waterborne coatings. And some of the uh, major products for selling for the consumer market uh, were the latex wall paints. One of the things that has defined the latter part of your career you joined on with Coatings Pro in 2011 as technical editor, right? Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but that sounds about right. <laughs> I got that from your LinkedIn, so I'm going to assume that it's right. Um, what made you want to do that? Uh, how did you get involved? And what has that meant to your career over the last 11 years or so? Uh, Well, I got involved with it through, of course, through NACE. Uh, I attended the NACE function. I was on several of the NACE committees, uh, and that's where I uh, uh, met uh, 
Stephanie, the uh, editor for Codings Pro magazine. And uh, that's how the the discussion came up for uh, Stephanie asked if I would like to be the technical editor for the magazine. And I said, yes, I would like to do that. And that's basically how I got involved in it. For people who aren't aware, just explain a little bit about what the, the technical editor's role is. Well, the articles that are going to be published in the uh, next issue of Codings Pro that will come out, uh, those articles are sent to me, and I read every one and check uh, the text in those uh, articles for uh, technical correctness. Mm-hmm. And if I see something that isn't correct, I uh, make a note and uh, report that so that it can be corrected before the uh, article is printed in the magazine. We want everything in the magazine to be uh, technically correct. Absolutely. One of the things that's interesting about you joining around the start of the 2010s, that was a couple of years after the acquisition of um, Codings Pro by NACE. Codings Pro started as an independent publication within the contractor community. Now, of course, the audience has grown a little bit, and today it's a member magazine of AMP. What are some of the ways that merging, I guess, the traditional Codings Pro audience from when it was basically born in late 2001 with the resources of an association like NACE and now AMP, what are some of the ways that combining Codings Pro with an association can be beneficial? Well, uh, obviously, or uh, of course, it expanded the readership of the magazine because the NACE or now AMP membership uh, had access to the Codings Pro magazine. Mm-hmm. So it became actually uh, an international, as as uh, AMP is an international organization. Right. As far as integrating, and this is something we hear about to this day, needing to integrate AMP more with the contractor base, do you see Codings Pro as sort of a useful bridge to that to help get people that are from, I guess, the legacy NACE crowd that maybe they deal with corrosion and not a ton on the protective coatings or at least the application of protective coating side. Do you see coatings as a useful bridge to get people or, or do you see coatings pro, excuse me, as a useful bridge to help people understand the needs of a contractor? Well, I think so very much so uh, because the, uh, Articles that that Codings Pro publishes all the time, uh, contractors are involved in most of those projects uh, that are being described in the in the Codings Pro articles. So definitely, uh, uh, it helped to bridge uh, bridge the organizations. Let's talk about your career with NACE, uh, SSPC, and now AMP. I know you've been an instructor since '93, I believe. You've also, you mentioned you've been on committees. Clearly, you go to events. We see you at the annual conference every year. We did just a couple of months ago out in San Antonio. Well, I guess it's been more than a couple of months now. Time flies. But 
just give us a rundown of what the associations have meant for you personally over your career and some of the things that you've done within that arena. Well, what it's meant to me uh, to become an instructor uh, for NACE, it meant that I got to see uh, travel all over the world, visit countries that I never would have, probably never would have visited if I had not been an instructor with NACE. Uh, as an instructor, I taught the NACE course, the CIP course and the bridge course uh, and the protective coding specialist course in 26 different countries mm. around the world. I spent a lot of time in China, have a lot of friends in China, and we still stay uh, in contact uh, by email, of course. So uh, from that standpoint, I, it was a, a an eye-opening experience for me to visit all those countries and get an opportunity to see those cultures and how uh, people lived in other parts of the world. What are things that can be better or if it's not better, at least different, what are the opportunities with AMP that weren't there when it was just NACE or just SSPC? What are some of the things you're hoping to see now that these organizations are combined? Well, uh, more more contractor involvement, I think, because SSPC was uh, more associated with the contractor trade, uh, where NACE started out as a corrosion society and was more involved with the mitigating corrosion. So SSPC brings a lot in the in the experience with the contractor community. Mm-hmm. And I see those as opportunities for NACE members or AMP members now to be involved with uh, both corrosion control and coatings more so than uh, one organization was by itself before the merger. What does that process actually look like? Is it, you know, through these events or just the overall AMP umbrella? Is it different aspects of the industry talking to other niches? For example, your material manufacturers, your vendors, your suppliers, talking to the contractors. How do you see this actually working as far as, you know, now you have this broader awareness, as you mentioned, AMP speaks for the contractor in a way that maybe NACE didn't always what are the ways that members should try to take advantage of that? Well, I think the more involved that members can can uh, become, uh, it's more beneficial to the members because they can learn so much from the different uh, committees and different uh, uh, components of the AMP organization now. As long as we're talking about giving advice, you've been in the business for a while. For somebody that's relatively young and just trying to get started in the industry, what type of advice do you have for them? What are things, I guess, what are some of the workplace dynamics that are different now compared to when you started? And what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to sort of establish their footing in the coatings industry today? Well, one of the things that, that I would advise them to do is to take as many courses relative to their 
to their business, what part of the business they're in, uh, take as many courses as they can find. Uh, because the educational part of, of AMP now, as it uh, was with NACE and SSBC both, that's all available to people getting in the business. So when they take those courses like the CIP course, for instance, uh, or basic corrosion course, another example, uh, it helps their knowledge that they're going to have to apply uh, in their field work. Mm -hmm. And they need that knowledge. The more knowledge to have, the better job they'll be able to do. That's one, one of the reasons I enjoyed being an instructor uh, for all those years so much mm -hmm. is because I was able to help people that were trying to get started in the business and also those people who had been in the business for several years who came to the CIP courses uh, to become inspectors. One thing I should have asked you earlier, and it's in my notes and I got sidetracked, when we were going into Codings Pro and your role there, one thing that's been launched under your watch, and I know that you're involved as the technical editor, is the contractor awards. And AMP has also, under its publications brand, done that in the past 10 years on the materials performance side as well with the Corrosion Innovation Awards, really trying to spotlight members and people in the industry that are setting the right example with their technologies and applications. I know you're passionate about being involved in that every year as part of the committee. Uh, how important do you see that as far as the industry as a whole? And what are some of the values that a program like that provides? Well, I think uh, one of the things it provides is that competition between the contractors to uh, to gain that award, to win that award. Uh, so I think that it helps from the contractor standpoint in the way they are able to uh, manage their projects uh, and get them done uh, in the shortest time at the uh, lowest cost and so forth. So those awards provide an incentive for the contractors to, to uh, try to do a better job and try to improve their methods. Malcolm, last question for you. Um, you've been in the business for quite a while on multiple sides, manufacturing, inspections, consulting. We've talked plenty about your role at Codings Pro. Are there any small handful of projects that are particularly memorable from your time that you've either seen, been involved in? Is there anything that stands out to you when you look back at these decades that, man, this was cool to be a part of or to be on site for? Well, probably the failure analysis side of my business has provided more in the way of interesting experiences mm. for me. Uh, some of the structures that I've uh, uh, looked at to determine what caused a coding failure, uh, those particular projects, uh, some large bridges, that I've worked on, uh, some structures that are unique, such as the pyramids in Indianapolis. Uh, there are three buildings that are uh, configured like pyramids, uh, made basically of concrete and glass. Uh, I've been involved with them. 
over the years, in fact, involved with them right now. They're getting ready to do some repaint on those buildings. Uh, so just the experience of seeing those type structures around the world. I've done some failure analysis all over the country and some outside of the country. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen some incredible ones over your time. And for our listeners that may want more, I believe your website is mcneilcoatingsconsulting.com, correct? Right. Gotcha. All right, folks, that is Malcolm McNeil, technical editor of Coatings Pro Magazine, owner and president of McNeil Coatings Consultants, very distinguished coatings professional for quite some time now. Malcolm, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Ben. Enjoyed it. All right, that will do it for this episode of the Coatings Pro interview series. Coatings Pro is a bi-monthly publication by the contractor and for the contractor, and you can learn more at coatingspromag.com. With that, we'll break things right here. For Malcolm McNeil, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode from the Coatings Pro interview series.